0: What up, Grizz Nation, and welcome back to another episode of Grizz 901. I am your host, Daniel Greer. In today's episode, we're bringing in the enemy. We have the guy from the Golden State. He is part of our Dubs lead. He is Tyler Brooke. What's up, man? Hello. How's it going? Thanks for having me on. You know, we've been talking a little bit. I had to have you on because I think it'd be a good chance to let a little bit of Grizz Nation hear from somebody on the other side of enemy lines and I have some questions for you. We've Turn been it teasing on. We've been teasing it up a little bit and uh want to kind of see how Grizzly's Twitter looks to you from the other side but also um let you know how it looks on, you know, the Warriors' Twitter on the grizzly side, I, I think you're going to, you know, you could be shocked who knows. Um, but also we understand that fan bases are a little bit crazy and the reason they're called fans because they're fanatics. So, uh, but let's get you, uh, let's get bring you in a little bit and find out a little bit more about you. So where do you live? Where are you from? how did you become a fan of the warriors? All good, man. Um, I am from the Bay area originally
1: from closer to San Jose. Than Oakland or San Francisco, but you guys in Tennessee might not know the geography there as well. You know, we got better schools out in California. Um, <laughs> but I've been a fan pretty much my entire life. My dad brought me to my first game in 2005. It was a double overtime loss against the San Antonio Spurs. I remember all the details of it. I remember like really wanting to meet Mike Dunleavy that game, but wow, that was about as good as it got for Warrior fans for a long time. So I've I've been there for the dark days through the. The golden years and i'm i'm not ready for those at those years to end so have been with the team all the way through started writing and contributing for dub's lead a little bit over a month ago due to the podcast game and now i live in florida so i got to stay up a little bit later to watch the games but doesn't take away from my fandom and here i
0: am wow so you're on the other coast wow yep that's that's late nights when there's a warriors game I know, man. It, it, I want to be
1: able to decompress after these games, like the last two, I mean, both, both of us know how stressful they've been all the way yeah. through. I told you like, it's felt like much more than just two games. It feels like two, seven game series. already. Oh played. yeah. So I don't want to go to, I'm not sleepy at 1230 or one when these games are over. I guess I have to adjust.
0: <laughs> so when did you move out to Florida? I moved out in July. Okay. I think you said that I stopped listening. Um, all right, so let's get into a little bit of Grizzlies talk. Uh, oh, real quick for that, I have uh, two questions. Who was your favorite player growing up? Was it Mike Dunleavy? And who was your favorite player, like once they became really good?
1: My favorite player growing up was Baron Davis. Wow. Okay. I went to his basketball camp when I was a little one. Like signed a, he signed a We Believe poster. I was at the game where he dunked on Kirilenko, which is mm, a that's awesome nice moment. I was like nine, so I don't really remember it. Um, but yeah. And my favorite players have been Steph and Clay. I mean, yeah. how, like we've, we've grown or the Warriors have grown Steph from the very beginning. He's been there pretty much my entire life. Like as like the most that I could comprehend basketball as a growing adult, Stephen and Curry has always been on the Warriors. So it yeah. always hits me with Dan, like this, like one of a kind player in NBA history is on my hometown team. which is pretty sweet.
0: Yeah. Um, do you ever think about life after, Steph? I mean, sometimes the Warriors
1: have started moving their roster a little bit more towards the future now, too, with Kaminga, Poole, Wiseman, Moody. Wiseman's the one that the Warriors media is always trying to hype us up on. Mm. Um, but he's, you know, not there right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, we know the Steph Curry years are limited. Trayvon Green has gray hairs on his face. <laughs> you know, Clay Thompson's two injuries back, but we still appreciate them while we have them. Like these guys are one of a kind, so right. we're not ready for it to be over.
0: Yeah. You're going to push them out the door in my opinion, because they're, they're that good. Uh, have you ever been to a finals game at all in person? Unfortunately? Yeah. I was at
1: game five in 2016. It was when, uh, Kyrie and LeBron both scored 41. Uh, Bogut got injured. If Bogut got in, if Bogut didn't get hurt, it would have been a different series. That was the game that Draymond didn't play either. Wow. So, uh, I was on the wrong side. I was like, I got to go. I got to witness history. Didn't witness the history that I wanted to
0: to witness. (laughs) Well, still, you have the stories. I've never been to a finals game. I've always wanted to. I'm going to wait until the Grizzlies go to the finals. And that's when I'm going to go to the uh, finals one day. Uh, Hopefully it happens very soon, but you never know. Uh, Maybe next year. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Or, Or this year, this year. I like this year. I will tell you
1: though that the parades are pretty fun. I've been to two of those. Yeah. So if that, if that ever came to Memphis,
0: it'd, go, it'd be crazy. That it would. Uh, a Parade in Memphis just doesn't seem possible. Um, seems a little dangerous to me, uh, just personally. But it does uh, does not seem possible. But you never know. We could. And if it does, uh, I think it'll be one of the b- coolest, best days uh, Memphis has ever had. But let's get into the game. So game one went uh, towards the, the Warriors. Game two, Grizzlies. Uh, looking back on it. Do you think this the series should be tied up
1: 1-1? I think it could have really gone either way. It could have been 2 nothing Warriors. It could have been 2 nothing Grizzlies. Okay, So, I mean, I think 1-1
0: is what it should be for right now. So that's exactly what I said on the podcast yesterday, is every, both teams literally could be up 2-0 or down 2-0. Uh, the fact that there is a split just goes to show that these teams are probably closer than they probably both realize it. Uh, But also, you know, looking back on it, neither team has played really to their normal characteristics. Like the Warriors are now a team that's in the paint. Uh, The Grizzlies are out shooting them beyond the three. Like none of those happen. The Warriors are out rebounding them. They're doing offensive rebounding. Andrew Wiggins is good again. Like there's a lot that's changing. And so um, looking at those games, is there anything that pops out to you that's just like uncharacteristic that that you have, don't normally see from this Warriors team?
1: It's definitely the shooting. The, like, the, what, 7 for 37 shooting yesterday? Just disgusting. <laughs> you, you watch them, and you every time it's Stafford Clay, sometimes even pools getting into that discussion. When they pull up, you just naturally think that it's going to go through the basket. And when it doesn't, over and over and over again, it's like, what is going wrong? The turnovers are an issue, and they have been for the Warriors for years. But if they can – that's what you feel good about as a Warriors fan is that we managed to steal game one when things really weren't going our way at all. Fremont was out for the second half. Um, But in game two, it's like, oh, we lost by five, even with John Morant scoring 47 and missing all of our shots. And with 18 turnovers, I guess one-to-one isn't so bad because the goal is the road team is always to steal one. Yeah, you one in Memphis and we have home court and that's still in the Warriors favor and on home court, you know, maybe we'll be shooting better. So.
0: Yeah. Well, looking back at the previous series, the, the only game you shot under 40% uh, was the one loss uh, to Denver. And so looking now uh, you've been in the thirties or lower both games in Memphis, uh, the Grizzlies, I was there game one, the Grizzlies uh, let that one slip away. they, they played much better in game one personally uh, they should have won that they didn't I feel like uh, they should not really have won game two but also Golden State didn't shoot that well and so you can flip it both ways uh, so that's why I th- say realistically a split is probably fair uh, and so going yeah. forward I-, I think these games are gonna be a knockdown dragout fight I'm just I'm just curious of the adjustments and we'll get into that in a second of what you see going forward but I want to hit on what everybody's probably wanting to hear a little bit on Uh, Dylan Brooks, very Mm. reckless Mm. early in the game. What are your first thoughts on it Uh, and share anything you got? You can unload, feel free. This is a, this is a safe Uh, zone. Nobody's listening. Is it a safe zone? (laughs) I'm in enemy (laughs)
1: territory. I want to think about it. it. It really struck a nerve, you know, this, it, it naturally you compare it to the Draymond foul in game one, and both of them were definitely flavorant fouls. Getting into the ones and twos of it is complicated, but it is what it is right now. And my gut tells me that just because of what happened to Gary Payton on that play with him breaking his elbow, I I think Dylan Brooks is going to get suspended for it. Mm. Um, but I mean, should he be suspended? It's the playoffs, I don't know. It's just like it. it now it's like, I'm not nervous as a Warriors fan, but not having Gary Payton, then John Moran immediately almost scores 50. like Unstoppable. He's even hitting his threes. What is going <laughs> on? Um, so you want to stay healthy, and it sucks that a, a play like that took him out. But right. I don't think Dylan Brooks was trying to hurt him. But I don't know. I mean, I, I've watched those replays a couple of times, and he like wasn't even looking at the ball when he made that swipe. You know, it was just like straight onto his head and it definitely affected the landing. I'm not saying it was all orchestrated. Of course I'm not, but it's just tough to watch. You want, you want to watch clean basketball played hard and it didn't seem totally clean.
0: What, uh, would you say if you had to, uh, if you had to give a answer, lie detector test on you? Do you think that Dylan Brooks play is uh, a dirty foul or just uh, what I've considered? I call it reckless. Well, could it be both? I, I don't think so. I think dirty is dirty. I think somebody your your the intentions are bad. They're like hurt. you want to hurt somebody is being dirty. Yeah, yeah. I think reckless is just you literally are just a reckless person, and you don't you have ill regard for others. That's what I think about it. I could be wrong, but I, that's what I think. So it's either. He was trying to he had intentions of hurting him dirty or it's just he's reckless and you know doesn't think before he does stuff which I think that's how uh,
1: yeah along those lines like reckless is probably the better way to go with it I think it's more reckless than what Draymond did in game one mm. but we'll, I mean, we'll see we'll see how it goes I, I don't want to watch the series if anybody if anybody missing but no as a Warriors fan we want Dylan Brooks out there
0: no I yeah <laughs> I imagine you do So uh, two things on that one um, with Gary Payton out there, and I'm sorry that he's hurt because that sucks. And I think we all agree that uh, these dudes are human. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, These dudes are human. We want them out on the floor. We want each team to be at their best. We want no, but no excuses. I don't want the refs involved. I just want this to be as clean as possible of a game. Uh, But just looking back in the first game, everybody's talking and I've heard that excuse about Gary Payton. Now it's not going to be there. Uh, John Morant went off for 34, nine and 10 in the first game, and then he went up for 47, eight and eight in the second game. I'm not like, there's not that big of a difference, you know, realistically, a few, you know, a few points here and there, but I don't know if that really is is Gary Payton that big of a, a deal to this team. Personally, I say no, uh, but I also have not watched him play all, all, every game all year long. Uh, but I know he is a key portion of this team. And I think, you know, having your little bitty uh, keys make up a really big uh, team. Uh, and so I, I do look at that and I think that it is important, but also think that um, I don't think it's as big of a hit to you. Uh, and going back to the dirty thing, I think if Dylan Brooks, knowing who he really is, he's not trying to get thrown out of a game personally. I don't think he's. I don't think he's looking to get to do that to himself. He wants to play too bad. But also, if he's going to hurt somebody, probably Gary Payton is not going to be tops on the list. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I would imagine yeah, so. he's going after Steph or Clay. So I, I don't. That's why I don't. I don't Steph consider Clay it dirty. was
1: kicked out. If Steph or Clay got hurt or got taken out by Dylan Brooks, Warrior Twitter would have exploded.
0: 100 percent.
1: Oh, oh man, Dylan Brooks would have had it coming.
0: Oh, yeah. He, yeah, he would not have uh, been able to play in the uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> out there. And it'll and- be interesting to see because it's all it's already like
1: a really dramatic series so far. Now it shifts yeah. over to Chase Center and this is these are the biggest games ever played at the Chase Center so far. So yeah. what kind of turnout is it going to be? Is it going to be a, that environment that the Warriors want to come back to? Will be right. interesting. But along what you were saying, like, yeah, Gary Payton is a tough loss for the Warriors. At the end of the day, like he was our 15th. Signee, like he was the last guy on the roster, um but he right. obviously played his way into the playoff rotation. Right. It's only tough because the Warriors' depth is is just. It's we're so much less. We're so, you know what right. I'm saying. We're, yeah. we're we're much thinner than Memphis is. When you're, you guys have options. The Warriors, like, I'm hoping that Andre Iguodala is ready to come back. And like, he didn't even look that good in round one, you know. But like, who else do you have as a perimeter defender? Moses Moody, right? No, like. It's going to be tough. People are saying, Blontus Anderson. People who haven't seen the floor yet are going to have to see it more. Damian Lee played games one and games two. He wasn't in at all against Denver. So that's the reason why it's tough because, yeah, Gary Payton is our best defender. And we put him on jaw towards the end of game one. And that's where we saw a difference. But the biggest thing that I saw was that jaw took 10 more free throws in game two than in game Mm -hmm. one. And he was just getting by people so much more more easily, people getting into foul trouble more often. I mean, more fouls called them the key guys in games one than game two. But that's an issue that may that may really take the Warriors down going forward.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, He's unstoppable. I, oh, he, he's amazing. And we can get to them in a second. Uh, Gary Payton, yeah, I don't want to lessen anything from him. He is a very much a glue guy. He's a guy that you need to win a championship, a, a guy that you need to win uh, these games because they have all the offense in the world. They need some more defense. Uh, and honestly, just looking back on it, if that was jaw going up and it was Draymond or whoever else on the team and they went and did that, Grizzlies' Twitter is blowing up as well. It's like, so we understand. I'm not taking and saying that it it's not, you know, a, a flagrant, too. A hundred percent it is. Uh, it's just, I, I just think it was more reckless than dirty in general. Uh, do yeah. you think so? You don't think that uh, Draymond was dirty at all? It was just whatever, Draymond being Draymond? I, I mean, I don't think he
1: obviously intended on hitting Brandon Clark like that, but you know it let's chalk, let's chalk it up to, to some hard playoff basketball. Draymond Green, he, he sometimes you don't understand the guy. Yes, you know, but uh, I, I feel like that's kind of moved on now. Like where we've moved on from that from the Draymond foul in Game One. It all, it's all, uh, we're all on edge about who will commit the flagrant two in Game Three.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's all up in the air. I just had to bring it up. Uh, just looking back on them, I don't think either were dirty. Um, I just think that Draymond's was a double move almost, where he smacked yeah. him and then he pulled. I'm like, eh, you you had time to think like about two, that. It was like two
1: flagrant ones, yeah, at it was. one time, and I guess one plus one equals two. So yeah, yeah, exactly. It is what it is. Yeah.
0: All right, so let's get into uh, the teams. Uh, let's talk about Clay because i have my thoughts on him and i'm not sure how in the world he's going to play the rest of the series but he has not played well so far so uh, any thoughts on clay because he looks like a shell of himself so far in the series thoughts on clay so far is that he'll he'll make those shots okay. his shot
1: selection hasn't been the best recently but when the warriors are at their best is when clay thompson's dribbling the ball less mm. and if they keep moving the ball around and if the balls in stephen Steph or in pool's hands and you can get clay coming off the screen or off the trap find him open i will take a clay thompson open jump shot beat set any day like take 20 of those in the game and clay will so yeah. i'm not too worried about clay especially as the warriors have it shift over to them with home court advantage um but just man you get frustrated with the the shots that he was he was taking off of fadeaways and contested dribbles and deep twos it's yeah. tough, but yeah, you know it's better than some random other player taking a, taking those jump shots. It, it, it's Clay Thompson, so yeah, no. I expect better
0: from him going going into the next two games. Yeah, I agree. He um, he should play better, especially going back at home. And sometimes you go through these stretches, um, but looking looking at his offense, um, he obviously went two of twelve in the last game and three of ten from deep. Um, so he's five of twenty two. That's not ideal, right? But um, a player like Clay needs to get more back to his set shots. And I was breaking down uh, one of the last podcasts I did on on Clay. What he's doing is he's being ran off the line because he's a catch-and-shoot three-pointer. And the Grizzlies are really running him off the line and making him do that side dribble, which he's okay with. But if he has to go into the lane, he doesn't have the mobility and athleticism that he used to have because he don't have as the explosion because of his, uh, his knees. And so, uh, or is it ankles, knees, Knees, all the above? both (laughs) Achilles (laughs) and ACL. Okay. Uh, That's what I was like. I couldn't remember which one's last, but uh, so the explosion just not there. So I feel like when you run him off of the line, uh, that's really where he's getting him out of his rhythm. But if he catches and shoots, it's, he drills it almost every time. And so uh I, I do believe Clay will get back to that. I, I just think he has to get where he takes that shot and can't get right off the line yeah. if he's gonna and be- it, and,
1: and he he knows it. Like there you we guarantee I guarantee you Clay knows exactly what he needs to be doing better. And we saw him hit that game winning shot in game one. And we saw him get that last stop, got I hand on the ball against John Morant on the layup. His time expired. So, you know. It's tough to see him struggle like that because we know what he's capable of, especially after the two injuries. you, you want somebody like that to come back and be them, their best self. And Clay's definitely, you know, slowed down, especially on defense, but you can't doubt you can't doubt that he can hit those shots, especially on the home court.
0: Yeah. Um, I agree. Somebody who's been hitting the shots as well, Jordan Poole, uh, he's, he's kind of come out of nowhere, obviously this season. But I love his game. He can, he can knife his way to the basket. He's really good at the backdoor cuts, which I've kind of uh, – I'm, I'm kicking and screaming over here every time the Grizzlies play the Warriors because I see the backdoor cut. It's about to happen. It happens, and I'm just – and I'm yelling. And Jordan Poole a lot of times is the guy who's doing the backdoor cut. Uh, thoughts on Jordan Poole and how he's been kind of you know, ascending this year on the Warriors? Jordan Poole's awesome. We all love Jordan Poole. <laughs>
1: Uh, a lot of the Warrior fans have said that, and we said on my last podcast, that Jordan Poole is like if there was a reverse situation where Monte Ellis got drafted to the Warriors in Stephen Curry's place, and Steph Curry coached him through the first couple of years of his career, because he's just such he's so quick, but he can also shoot the lights out. He's awesome, and he's a lot of fun to watch, and he's honestly been one of the most consistent Warriors this series so far. Stephen Curry and Draymond Green are supposed to carry that weight, but they've been so sloppy. Um, so I'm like very impressed by the steps that Jordan Poole has taken so far. and But just in the last two months of the regular season, we saw this come out after Steph Curry went out with his injury. So I'm not surprised. It's just – it's incredible to see this young talent come through for the Warriors, and it makes you feel better about the the dreaded post-Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson years. Ideally, the Warriors have somebody like Jordan Poole still on the team to – to lead the way and he's starting to prove himself to be somebody capable of being that lead scorer or go-to option on a playoff team a lot still to figure out but he's great and I hope the Grizzlies fans don't mind him too much because he's the young gun so
0: yeah I, I think Grizzlies in general Memphis in general we appreciate good talent um, I literally just said it on the podcast yesterday about how much I love Steph Curry I love his game I love the player who he is. I love the dude who he is behind, you know, off the court. Uh always been a big fan of Clay, uh, the Splash Brothers and how well they've come up over the years. Jordan Poole looks like he's literally just he's just a dude. And yes, is he got a little swagger to him? Yes. Is he a little cocky? Yes. Do we like that? Yes. Like we're method. We're petty. Okay. We mm-hmm. like that style. So if you want to point at people after you dunk on them, that's okay. You should dunkle them more and then you know, whatever. Just keep pointing at them. Um, but I don't want to talk about Draymond Green too much. I think he is a, uh, a guy who's just going to do uh, the little things. He's going, to, you know, he's going to rebound. He's going to assist. He's going to get your steals, blocks. Um, he's not going to be the big score. Uh, so the last guy I want to talk about a little bit is Steph Curry. Um, he's aging, but he's still that deadly shooter. Have you seen anything different from him in this series and any adjustments that you look for him to make going forward?
1: Um this series like I mean I just mentioned that he's been turning over the ball way too much and he knows that like he needs to take care of his issues because when the Warriors the Warriors had a four-point lead in the fourth quarter, he got subbed in. Two straight turnovers, sloppy ones, bad ones, Xavier Tillman, Xavier Tillman, whatever. Easy layup. Um he'll clean up his shot and just has to be that better player, but I'm not concerned about him and Like you said, yeah, he's aging a little bit. He's definitely getting older. But that MVP season from last year, like the MVP caliber season where he led the league in scoring, um, that's not too far off. Like he slumped a little bit this season, and he's at his lowest three-point percentage. But just the way that he, like, forces defenses to react to him opens up everything for the Warriors. And if he starts knocking those down – it's game over. And it, I really do think if the Warriors did hit a, a normal clip in game two, if they shot 25% from three and hit five more, then they would have had it in the bag. So yeah. it's, 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 it's one to one series is fine right now. And, and Steph Curry could play a whole lot better. And that's what makes you feel good as a Warriors fan is now it's back in our favor back in California. And we stole the game and we, haven't really played that well so it goes both ways the Grizzlies haven't played their best either but for years the Warriors have proven that they can take care of business in the playoffs and face adversity and defeat it so we're not worried yet
0: (laughs) it's definitely we trust all right let's get into the Grizzlies a little bit Um, anybody want to hit on outside of jaw that that has impressed you let you down or any any of the just in general, any players on the team that you want to hit on, real quick.
1: I've been definitely imp- impressed by Jaron Jackson so far. That guy can play. He's been knocking out his threes. It's been so annoying. <laughs> you know, oh, game one, he was going crazy. But that guy can defend the, the hell out of the ball. Um, there have been so many like just block shots that I didn't see coming. Not just from from Triple J, but I mean, like that shooting has to be. Are you expecting these shots to go in?
0: Am like, I? Yes.
1: Yeah. Every single time, like the, the reload threes, boom.
0: It just depends. so sometimes when he catches it early in the shot clock, I don't love it. But when the, when the defense uh, sinks down and jaws at the top, and he's, usually he's the one causing them to sink down, and he kicks out and he takes that long step into the shot, that, that's his shot. And it's usually out on one of the wings. Uh, beyond three that's literally his shot is the shot ugly yes does it rotate the wrong way yeah I think yeah it doesn't matter it goes in um but when he feels it dude he he will light it up uh but it also you have your good and your bad because then he stops going to the rim and so then we're then we're all taken back like just go to the rim like they literally know you and they want you to shoot um but I, I do love his game as well he is a great defender um Let's uh, – any question? anything on Zaire Williams? He was a guy who just played. He came back from a n- little knee injury, uh, knocked down some threes this last game. He went four of eight uh, with 14 mm-hmm. big points. So, uh, anything that you He's liked sweet. out of him? I mean, you love to see that guy, that, the young kid like that,
1: come in and immediately contribute, you know. And playing 28 minutes in a game like this yeah. without playing the first one. Was he – how much did he play against the T-Wolves? Like, how long was he out from the injury?
0: Uh, just a couple games. I don't think he was out. He might've been out the last T-Wolves game. I believe. Mm -hmm. Um, he wasn't out many if he was out.
1: It's, 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 it's cool to watch. And you know, it's frustrating to see somebody who you've never heard of come in and just kill your team, (laughs) but it's, it's more for like for you and the Grizzlies fans to be excited about because this entire core is so young and so fresh that going know, going like it it must be really cool to go against the the nba royalty golden state warriors (laughs) as this young and -and up-and-coming team because you guys have been great and you're fun to watch and i'm upset that i missed the memphis grizzlies orlando magic game because one you obviously destroyed them (laughs) but like it's great basketball for the most part you know outside of dylan brooks like you guys are a whole lot of fun. So it's exciting to watch you guys, you know, and it's it sucks to have to watch your season end so early. But you know, you guys have a lot to be proud of and drama ja Morant's unbelievable. And I'm sure we'll talk more about him.
0: All right. Well now you're since you're throwing shade at us, let's go ahead and build up the Grizzlies fan base back up. How much do you love oh, yeah. Ja? How much do you love him?
1: Oh Ja. I mean, he's he's awesome. He's awesome. I mean he's he's what to say he can do whatever he wants on the court for the most part. And I I expect him to, you know, whenever the Grizzly season ends, whether it's a championship or it's this round, like he'll be working on his shot. Like Mm -hmm. his shots, not going to get worse from this point on in his career. Yeah. If he can hit that down consistently, obviously you've heard this before, but like, he'll be totally unstoppable. And just the, the way that he can make those contested layups and shape shift in the air is unbelievable. And, I think of John ja Morant as uh, pretty comparable to like the, the earlier Derrick Rose, right? Where like he won his MVP in his third year, and Jaw could, could have totally won the MVP this year, if you ask me. Yeah, the Grizzlies were not supposed to be the two seed; they right. were supposed to be like the seven or eight seed, and he just totally jumped his game. But I, I, I'm, I, I get nervous with a player like that, like with their ACLs, but <laughs> but he's. An unbelievable talent, and I'm sometimes I get upset with the foul calls that he gets, you know. But I'm sure there are just as many no calls on plays that could totally get called for and once or fouls in his favor. So it probably evens out. If that's probably where Warriors fans or Warriors Twitter gets riled up is because forever we've watched Stephen Curry like just get mauled and nothing really gets called. Yeah. So, like, seeing some – like, we're probably just a little – it's a little bit of jealousy to watch this young guy already getting all the free-throw attempts that he wants, whereas our guys, he had like – he had blood on his hand and on his, <laughs> uh, on his leggings or whatever you call him, And, you know, he's getting, like, three free-throw attempts a game or something like that. So, yeah. you know, it's not all hate for Ja. He's an awesome player, and we love awesome basketball. So right. we just want to see him slow down and not score freaking 47 points on our heads.
0: And 18 in the fourth quarter. All right. This is a one word answer. Oh, no. Is Jaw getting booed game three? Absolutely. Okay.
1: Absolutely. He's getting booed. You got to rile him up.
0: The whole game. Like down. every time he touches the ball, gets booed.
1: I don't know about that. Dylan Brooks, absolutely. If oh, he plays.
0: 100%. Yeah. 100%. Um, all right, so something that is kind of unfolding right now that, we're, that, that I've kind of, uh, I guess, unfolded a little bit, as well as some other people on Grizzlies Twitter, uh, we're looking at, and I talked to you right, a little bit about this right before we went on and uh, recording. Do you think there's any way that they will suspend Jordan Poole, Damian Lee, whoever else that was potentially coming on the court when the bench is cleared? Because I have a photo, I looked at the video, um, and I've actually read the NBA rules. So if you leave the the immediate area of the bench, you're supposed to be suspended on an altercation. Do you think Adam Silver would do it?
1: I, I don't think he will. I don't think he will. Um, you know, that- maybe I have a little bit of Warriors bias in there, but it just didn't seem like that crazy of a leave the bench situation. I know you've defined it and anywhere leaving the the immediate vicinity of the bench technically qualifies as the suspension, but I don't know. With, with the craziness that we've already seen
0: in the series, I don't (laughs) think anybody wants that. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think, what do you think? No, I don't, I don't, I don't want it to happen. And honestly, like, you want to talk about pissing off a fan base? So you just got your your guy hurt. He's out for the series 100%. Like, mm-hmm. he literally should, like, probably out for the entire playoffs, however far along y'all exactly. might go. Um, you suspend. You suspend Jordan Poole as well for a game. Like, I, I don't know who has the balls to do that, but it's not me. And I don't – I look yeah. the other way on that one. I would be outraged, completely outraged if that happened. So
1: the NBA doesn't want us angry. <laughs> right, Adam?
0: Adam, you listening? If
1: you're listening, yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, Adam, Adam Silver, loyal listener to the Grizz 901 podcast. Uh, he is Tyler Brooke. Uh, make sure you check him out. Make sure if you're a, if you're a Warriors fan, check out Dub's lead. Uh, they are part of the lead sports media. Had a couple more questions and we'll get you out of here. Uh, adjustments going forward. What adjustments do you see besides just good shooting? Like, obviously that can't be the only thing that that makes the adjustment. Uh, that's what you want and should. Uh, usually everything goes back to the mean. Uh, and so I would think that they're going to shoot 30-ish percent, 35 to 40 percent easily uh, going forward from beyond 30. So any adjustments you see that uh, Steve Kerr might make?
1: I think we might see the ball in Jordan Poole's hands a little bit more. He's been pretty careful with the ball so far. We saw him get a little bit riled up by Tyus Jones a couple of times in game two, losing it a little bit, but he's been really good at controlling the offense so far. Keeping it in Poole or Curry's hands generally leads to better results because in the first two games, we've seen Draymond turn it over. It's such a high clip. Sometimes you just watch him play. What are you doing? (laughs) Like he... I mean, you do trust him because he's been there all the time, and often he makes the right play, but just he's been making mistakes. like they've been better on with the minutes that he's been off so far, and they won game two game one without him. Yeah, so I expect the ball to be in his hands a bit more. and I also like as as much as you said, like the shooting will get better. I think the same goes for the Grizzlies. like Desmond Bain's not gonna I mean I'd be totally happy with him taking like five shots a game or whatever he did. Ten, yeah. He took ten shots in in uh, game
0: one. But well, he's hurt right now. His yeah he, yeah, he's having yeah. back issues. Um, I don't whatever reason, like he does not look like himself. Um, he looks like he's he's literally like just hurting to get up and down the floor. And so he's gonna play. Yeah. like that's without question. It's just how good can he be? He cannot separate and and then probably the same goes for Clay a little bit, is Whenever the defense is switching around, most of the time, if you're on the side that Clay is on, or even Steph, if you're guarding those guys, you're usually not leaving. Uh, and that's why Jordan Poole is getting a lot of uh, runs to the basket because they don't want to give up those threes. They'd rather, rather give up a Jordan Poole two or a dunk at the rim uh, than leaving off of Steph and Clay. So a lot of times that's what's happening, as well as uh, the Golden State Warriors. Uh, they're not coming off of Bane. And usually it's Clay that's guarding him, and they're just kind of staying within a step or two. And just making sure they take away the initial shot and making yeah. them create. So I feel like Clay and Bain have kind of been in the same defensive scheme this entire series so far.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And I mean, credit both teams' defenses for, for getting in the way of some of their, their rhythm. And yeah, injuries and Clay Thompson had a, a banged up knee before Game Two too. So I don't I don't attribute that too much to his shooting struggles. However, like, I'm, I'm curious what you think about the potential of Stephen Adams coming back into the lineup because. Warriors have no size, right? If Stephen Adams does, any, I mean, not that Stephen Adams is the biggest offensive weapon, but his screen setting is up there with some of the best in the NBA. And Warriors could not stop him on the offensive glass if he's totally crashing, unless Andrew Wiggins gets another six offensive rebounds, which I'm all in for. But <laughs> I'm curious to see, like, they went away with from him in, in the series against Minnesota, but Warriors are a different team and. I expect I've I've expected Brandon Clark and Cian Adams and pretty much all the bigs on their team to just feast on the offensive boards and I've been very surprised to see the Warriors winning those numbers. It's yeah. as if the teams have switched roles. The Grizzlies are better shooting, the Warriors are better on the glass. Doesn't make any sense. So, yeah, we'll see. I feel like we haven't seen like the the most of what these two teams are capable of yet in the same game, really at all. So yeah, hopefully seems- more of that's coming.
0: Yeah, it seems like the uh, their roles have switched uh, in this series so far uh, because usually the Grizzlies are the best in the paint. They're the best at offensive rebounding and rebounding in general, and they usually don't shoot well from beyond the arc. Uh, and so that has switched completely. I think adding adding Stephen Adams into this uh, is a new wrinkle, and it's going to give Steve Kerr a lot to figure out and decide what he wants to do. Do you go with you know Kevin Looney, and at that point. Is it Ja Morant on Kevin Looney and there's no help at all? Or do you go full-on double-team to Ja? And that's the reason that uh, Minnesota did so well, is they had more size than Golden State does. Uh, But they were able to double-team Ja and just literally just keep him at bay and make him give up the ball to make the offense go a different direction. Mm -hmm. So I think there's going to be a lot of switching around to do. I would imagine Steven Adams is good for Game 3, I think uh, there was rumors that he could have gotten cleared for game two. Uh, But with the NBA, you have to do two negative tests back-to-back days. And I don't think he had enough time to actually produce a second one. Uh, So I would imagine he's back. And I don't know, coming back from COVID, you know how players are sometimes. They're still sluggish. And the Grizzlies are very reluctant to put players on the court unless they are 110%. Like they don't even try to get them on the court unless they're uh, fully up to speed unless they're Jaw or Bain, like a big key contributor. So um, I do think that that would throw a wrinkle because then you can go much bigger and you can go bigger with, you know, Jaren uh, with Steven Adams. And then if you come in with Kyle and for Dylan Brooks, then you have Bain and ja, uh, and then you can go really big on the glass. Uh, and so I, I don't know, there, there's different ways you can look at it. And I don't think Taylor Jenkins is too scared to go, uh, with bigger lineups against the uh, the Warriors, it just depends on what the Warriors kind of throw back at them. If the Warriors can kill them offensively uh, on the offensive end, then the, then the Grizzlies have to make the adjustment. I think that's where it ends up being is who does better on their advantage to make the uh, the other team, the other coach, make the adjustment.
1: Mm-hmm. It's going to be tough, and it's that's why it's so interesting to see where this will unfold. And the Grizzlies have those options. You're right. And if the Warriors started to double on John Morant, maybe that's where a healthy Desmond Vane starts killing you. And the Warriors don't want that second option coming off. We just faced Jokic in the first round. And and it's obviously different with the Nuggets, who are much more depleted. But it was like, yeah, Jokic is going to have his. It's about everybody else not getting theirs. And, you know, even Aaron Gordon had his own game. (laughs) But, of course... But that's where the Warriors' three-point shooting and like the offense that Steph, Clay, and Jordan Poole can bring when they're all on together can be really hard to slow down. Yeah, especially if people like Wiggins or Otto Porter, or like really that whoever those fourth and fifth people are on the court can contribute in the little ways that they need to, getting into their spots, like hitting a layup. Then the Warriors will be good because yeah. the we've seen those, those those guys, and now Jordan Poole is. is Coming in on the action of those three points, those like Warriors can go on runs in a quick amount of time. That's the thing in Game Two, though, is because every time the Warriors went on a run and took the lead, they stopped, and the Grizzlies would go on their own lead on their own run. So there's a lot to unfold, and it could go either way. Which is why I'm hoping that we see some of this best basketball from both sides. Because if the Grizzlies are killing on the glass, but the Warriors are hitting all their
0: jumpers, what's it going to look like? Yeah, we haven't seen that yet. It's gonna be madness. Madness. Mm-hmm. All right. He is Tyler Brooke. Do you have anything else for us before we get out of here? I forgot to mention earlier that I just
1: started a Warriors podcast, unless in case any Grizzlies fans want to chime in, it's called Dubs Only. This will be posted over on over on here too. Over on there too. But I said before the series started that it'd be Warriors in six, and uh still feeling good about that. Okay. So The Warriors haven't played their best basketball nowhere close to it. 18 turnovers and 18% from three, and they lose by five with Morant scoring 47. I don't know how I'd feel about that. If I lived in Memphis, the Warriors will be back.
0: Well, blowout in game three. I know how I feel. I've already called it, and I'm not saying it's a guarantee. I have a good feeling why, I don't know. The Grizzlies win game three in Golden State. I don't know why. Uh, I just feel like they have, there's something changed and I think they'll make the first adjustment before the warriors with Steven Adams. And then the warriors eventually make another adjustment to grab game four. And there's another split. That's just what I'm feeling. Who knows what might happen? The Grizzlies are terrible in their bill street, blue uniforms. I don't know why. And that's what they were in game three. Um, I love that it. That they go back to their uniform they just wore for Game Two and Game Four, so they'd be back to their Murray State looking, uh, best city looking jerseys there is. Um, and so I'm I'm excited about the adjustments that we're going to see made because you're going to see somebody in. Let I call you know I call him a minus twelve because that's literally his plus minus every game is minus twelve, and that's Andre Iguodala. He'll be back probably, uh, and so mm-hmm. we'll see him. Uh, can't wait for him to come back, Game Five, to get booed every single time he touches the ball. That's oh yeah, we're so petty, but we yeah,
1: love it. I'm, I'm I'm really excited, and we'll see because the the first couple of minutes of Game Three will be really telling. We'll see what each team brings out, and you know, I'm excited for more good basketball. And I don't think it's a rivalry yet, but Warriors and Grizzlies are really button heads, and it's a lot of fun as a big fan.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's great, and if the Grizzlies win one in this series there, if they win three or four there, I think it starts turning into even more of a rivalry. And then I think you'll see years to come. uh, I don't think this year, I don't think there's enough time, uh, but I think you'll see the rivalry, and that would be cool. Uh, Anytime you can get rivalries, as long as fans, fans, we're talking to you, fans, keep it clean. Like, just yell, say whatever you want, just keep it clean. That's all I ask. That's all we're asking. Mm,
1: who knows if everything goes right it might be jordan Poole
0: versus john morant for years to come so that'd be cool who knows we're down we'll cheer for jordan Poole, just uh, not when he's playing the grizzlies but uh but he is tyler brook you can find him on twitter at warriors tyler and you can find him over at the dubs lead at dubs lead is that right man That's look right. at that doing homework all right that's all we have let's have a great week uh we'll have more podcasts coming to you before uh the game but check out the game on saturday man there's so much time off but saturday let's put these guys in the hyperbolic chambers let them all get healed uh go ahead and throw uh gary payton's arm in there too let's 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 get everybody healed back it was great thanks for coming on and uh hopefully your warriors lose right back at you (laughs) be nice and tell your friends